0: Welcome to the Theater Project. Today, the Theater Project is thinking about up and coming playwrights. In this episode, you will hear a performance of the award-winning play We Are Numbers, followed by a discussion with our host, Kiana Keys, and young playwright Julian Martin. We hope you enjoy.
1: With the pandemic throwing our perceptions of education for a loop with canceled standardized testing, online school and more, We Are Numbers by Julian Martin decides to deconstruct our system a little more by creating a dystopia where all you are is a number. I'm Keani Keys, and I'm here with Julian Martin for We Are Numbers, which got third place in last year's Young Playwright Competition. So... How are you doing, Julian? If you would like to introduce yourself and tell us how you got here today.
2: Of course. First off, thank you so much for having me. My name is Julian Martin. I'm a senior at Scotch Plains Fanwood High School. I've always just been passionate about arts and writing and playwriting, screenwriting, and I found the Theatre Projects Competition And I wrote something that I felt was very meaningful to me, submitted it, and I'm glad that other people saw the meaning in it. And I'm just really happy that it's gotten to this point. It's really surprising, but it's really awesome.
1: Awesome. That's great. So before we take a listen to your play, uh, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Most of my questions are very spoiler-worthy, so we'll save that for after the listen but I just wanted to ask you, what was the most difficult part of your writing process? And has that changed from when you first wrote the play to now?
2: This was one of my first plays. I've always loved the theater. It's always been something I'm passionate about, but in terms of writing and creative projects, I've mainly focused on screenwriting and filmmaking. And the thing is, when it comes to filmmaking and screenwriting, you can have lots of different locations and lots of different scenes. But when it comes to a play, it was just a step in another direction for me where I really had to consider this play has to be entirely dialogue based. So the most difficult part for me was creating a substantial, entertaining story that all took place in just one classroom.
1: How many drafts do you think it went through until the finish?
2: In terms of drafts, I'd probably only say one or two. I only now really honestly have been getting into the very important habit of revising and redrafting. It really only took me around two days or so for the initial draft. And then I'd say like a day of revising and I sent it in. But in terms of the story itself, an idea like this has been bubbling in my head since probably seventh, eighth grade or so.
1: Cool. Okay, so before we get any further into deep diving into the play itself, let's take a listen.
3: We Are Numbers by Julian Martin. Setting. A
4: desolate high school classroom.
5: I failed. I really think I failed.
4: You say that after every test, April, you'll be fine.
5: But this time, I really think I failed. And this time it matters.
0: But you finally admit that that one B on the math quiz last semester wasn't
1: worth the
4: panic attack. Too off, Noah. We're all a bit on edge here. Noah, I'd really appreciate it if you don't talk to my girlfriend like that.
5: I'm fine, babe.
4: (sighs) Whatever. I need water. Miss Thomas said not to leave the classroom.
5: I'm thirsty!
4: You'll get a zero if you leave the room, Miss Thomas said.
5: Wow. I don't care. You don't care. You really don't care.
4: He does care. Noah, sit.
5: (sighs) She's taking too long. I'm freaking
0: out.
4: okay. We're fine. We studied. It's gonna be okay. You don't know that. She could have failed, not gotten a single question right. What did I say about talking to her like that, man? Rory, control your brother. Noah, stop.
0: I'm just saying you should all stop denying the inevitable possibility that this is the end of the road. A dead end sign standing on a concrete made of lost souls.
4: Okay, so you're a poet now. Is that why you needed to copy my answers on the English section?
3: Noah lunges at Jack. Rory holds him back.
4: Look on me! Stop
5: this! Everyone sit and stop being so dramatic.
3: Noah sits. The room calms down.
5: Is everyone okay? Are we all going to behave? Good. If Miss Thomas hears us screaming at each other, she'll fail us all.
0: Drama Queen has a
4: point.
5: Drama Queen? I'm not the one who just lunged at Jack, am I?
4: Easy, babe. She's right. She's right. I went too far. Jack, I'm sorry. It's fine, man, whatever. We're all stuck here waiting. Let's just try to get along. How much longer do y'all think she'll be?
5: It feels like five years. If I don't get at least an 85, it's over.
0: 85 doesn't mean over. That's not a bad grade.
5: For me it is. I don't wanna live a grade 80 life. It'll be okay. I'll probably be able to have a nice house and eat out occasionally and have a few kids, but it'll be fine, just fine. Nothing more. I want an 89 or above. I'll settle for that. I want an above average life. My parents were both 80s, and I just need to be better.
0: Hey, we all want an 89 or above, but that's just not realistic. The world can't run if it's all 89s. You you need your mix of 80s, 90s, 70s, and, and even 60s to make our world work. Not... 50s or 40s or below, though. You the
4: same instruction book, right? If you received a 59 or below, you get sent to re-education. So you don't need to worry, April. Exactly! Five months after failing you can retake the test, and at
0: most we enter the world with an 82. Still, not bad at all. There's no serious need to worry. Do you really think that's what happens? Well, what else would happen? Let me ask you this. Out of all the people we know, How many of you do you know that have actually gone through that scenario? Just just listen, April. How many people do you know or Jack know have gone through this re-education? Has anyone's mom or dad or uncle actually received a lower than a 59? No, don't you remember? I think mom's friend. No, 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 no. Cheryl got an 86, but they misread it. Just a typo. No one we know actually got re-educated. So, Jack,
4: do you know everyone? Not that I can think of, no. April?
5: I don't think I know anyone, no.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask you this. In any movie or TV show or even on the news, has there ever been a story about someone returning from re-education? Or without like- Okay, Noah, you've gone long, long enough. Where are you going with this? Guys,
4: there is no re-education. The kids who get shit grades on their tests just seem to disappear. So what, you're saying that you get sent to prison or something if for one grade? No, 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 no. Prison. That would be, no, no, no. That would be too hard to hide. You're not saying what you're- Noah,
0: tra-
5: what is wrong with you?
0: It makes sense, doesn't it? For 17 years, they convinced us that this test is everything. Why would they kill the kids who score lower than a 59 to keep the world clear of idiots? You have to be joking. Are you serious? Relax. My brother here is just trying his best to be all dark and edgy. You don't have to try so hard. We all think you're super cool. You know what, Rory? I don't like your attitude. Oh, you don't, do you? I am tired of you treating me like I'm five years old constantly apologizing for everything I do. i stated what I believe. I didn't ask for you if you believed it. What well, what you believe is a ridiculous conspiracy theory that's freaking Jack and the girl out.
5: I'm sorry, the girl.
4: Not cool, Rory. Sorry, sorry, my,
0: my little brother here is just- Oh, little brother, we are twins. I came out of the womb one minute after you. Calm down. I am tired of you undermining everything I say. If I say something stupid, let me say something stupid. Stop controlling me.
5: He's kind of got a point, Rory.
0: Oh, yeah, what point does he have?
5: You keep apologizing for him. If he wants to say something, let him say something. Thank you. Even if that something is super fucking dumb.
4: I'll take it, Drama Queen. Okay, you know what? Sorry, April. I'm with Rory here. Noah, you've been an asshole to everyone here this whole time, especially my girlfriend. I'm sick of it.
5: Jack, you can't speak for me.
4: You can't speak for her, Jack. Close that mouth of yours
0: or I'll close it for you. I can take care of that. Little brother, I think I should... I can't take this anymore. Rory, you are not that smart. You are shit at baseball and you have to rip me apart just to hide your own insecurities. I am sick of it. Every day of my life has been like this. Let me be who I want to be. Stop pretending like you're so much better. You are nothing. You have no personality. You wear a mask of insults to hide an empty shell of nothingness. I studied for this test. Did you know that? I actually tried. Imagine that. Hey, Jack, I didn't copy your English section. I studied for hours, hours. I just, I can't take being a joke anymore to any of you because I am not your cookie cutter high school asshole. I'm just-
3: Attention, the following scores have been released. Jack Santiago, 88. April Simmons, 96. Come to the main office to collect your badges. You may exit the building after.
5: Oh my God.
4: Holy crap, we did it, babe!
5: Um, yeah, Jack?
4: Where are scores? I guess they're not graded yet. Let's go, babe. Um, What's wrong?
5: You got an 88. I got a 96. What's your point? A 96 can't date someone under 90. It's policy. What?
4: You've got to be kidding me. Since when?
5: Forever? That's why all of our parents are- I have one dad. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Jack. I didn't know you didn't know.
3: You really didn't know that? Jesus.
5: I'm I'm so sorry.
3: April runs out of the classroom. April, wait. Jack runs out after her. What a shit show. Can you believe that? You
0: really studied, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry for everything. You're right. I'm just a mask. You're not. I I shouldn't have said that. It's okay. I just... I know you study too, by the way. You do? Yeah. So why were you... uh... I'm going to fail the test. What? You were right about me not being smart. On it, I just... I just blanked. I studied too. You know that. I disappeared into my room all last week. I I just... Hey, I... I I'm sure you'll be fine, man. It's probably just the nurse. It's not. I know it's not. Let me tell you why I am the way I am. You are the big brother. I always looked up to you, and I—I I don't know. Really I know I got jealous of you being the popular one, and then all of a sudden, I'm all edgy and fake and deep and whatever. I, it just happened. I snapped before, and I shouldn't have. I'm. I'm truly sorry. So we both wear masks, huh? I guess we do. But doesn't everyone in high school? Sounds like you're still pretty edgy, apparently. You don't really think they'll kill me, right? When I fail? You're not going to fail. We're both going to get 85s or so, and we're going to go to O'Henry's to celebrate. O'Henry's is a 92 restaurant. You're not allowed in there with a the lower badge. Then we'll go somewhere else, whatever, but we're gonna be fine. You didn't answer the question though. Do you actually believe what you said before about the re-education? I, I don't know what I believe anymore. All, all I know is that the system we live in is screwed up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do something horrible, but it's probably not bad, Rory. Hmm, got it. By the way, you know this isn't the first time I failed on tests, right? Rory, come on. No, it's fine. No way I passed. We just took, but it was last week. I had a math quiz and I only got a C on it. Mrs. Dembski told me to study more. I had studied for an hour straight and it was only two pages. The numbers, they, they just got jumbled. Wait, does, does that happen a lot? I mean, I guess, just with math. Sometimes history, you know, with the different dates. That sounds like dyslexia. You you never told mom? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I was just... I was scared to tell her. You could have gotten extra help with this. Yeah, I could
1: have.
0: Oh, why are you scared though? It's just Mom. I guess I thought it was nothing. I asked my counselor about it a while ago, and that's what she told me. So it's not like I didn't do anything. Well... What did she say? She could have just say it wasn't anything. Except she did. She said I was making it up as an excuse. She said I just needed to study more. You can't be serious. So you went for help and you just didn't listen? Nope. Jesus Christ, what the hell is this? Calm down. It's okay. It's not okay. You're my brother. And it's so messed up. It's too late now. She said you needed to study more? Yeah. That's all we are to this. We're fucking numbers. We, we, we come in every day, we do our work, we study. We're not people to them. We, they don't care about our feelings or emotions. They value, the value of our lives rests in this test and It's determined by this one fucking test, one test. And even before they judge us based on the numbers and the numbers and the more numbers and the numbers of loneliness oh, we are just numbers. Not people, just, just numbers! Remember when we were little and I showed you that movie, Leprechaun? Uh-huh. I guess. That was before you got into all that edgy, creepy shit. You were scared. You has to be to hold your hand, remember? Uh, why are you making me live through this? Because I need you to hold my hand now. I'm terrified. Yeah. Sure.
3: Noah pulls a chair across from Rory. He holds both his hands. <sighs> Shit.
0: What? You got a problem with me freaking out? My life was just ruined, and and no, 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 no. I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I've just never seen you cry. Fine. I'm just, I'm scared. Listen, you're my brother and I love you. Gonna be okay. I just, I need you to know something. Anything, yeah. I just need you to know.
3: Attention, the following scores have been released. Noah Armistad, 84. Rory Armistad, 43. Noah, come to the main office to collect your badge. You may exit the building after. Rory, please head to room 314. Your re-education will begin immediately. No, 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 no. It's okay.
0: I I, I can't. I I can't go without you. You have to. It's okay. This is coming. What? Go. I'll be fine. I'll try again in five months. But we don't I'll (laughs) try again in five months. See you then.
3: I hope I see you then. You will. Noah hugs his brother and heads to the door.
0: Wait, what were you going to tell me before the announcement? Just go. Well,
3: okay. 46, please head to room 314. Re education will begin immediately. We will not ask again. 46. Huh. End of play.
1: And we're back. All right. Very nice listen. Again, amazing work, Julian. How did you choose the title We Are Numbers? Obviously. No, know, has a very big monologue near the end of the piece where that dialogue is mentioned, We Are Numbers. So I was wondering, did you choose the title before or after that monologue was made? And did the title come before the concept or the concept before the title?
2: So the title and concept They kind of came hand in hand for this. I'd say I had a bit of the concept first and then the title came. I sort of had this realization we as students are kind of reduced to just numbers. Then that sort of became the title. And from there, I developed the rest of the play. So, really, they came hand in hand. And personally, this is one of my favorite titles I've come up with. I just think it's simple and I think it sort of gets across the point.
1: Nice. It really packs a punch. So, as a fan of dystopias myself, I was wondering what re-education means. Was Noah right? Or are we just supposed to interpret that on our own?
2: I wanted it to be a little ambiguous. I wanted it to be sort of this ominous thing. I'll get into the backstory a little bit for re-education. When I was in my sophomore year or so, my test grades weren't great. It was really just my test grades that were slipping. And it was just at that point that I began to realize the American education system is so needlessly convoluted. And so I just wanted to keep re-education, this ambiguous thing, with this thought that there may be some sort of larger complexity behind it. But personally, no, I don't really think there's any one actual existent idea of what re-education is. I've had ideas for other acts of the play, actually. I've had ideas to try and expand it and make it possibly a feature-length play. And I would of course have to get into more of what re-education is. But in terms of this one shorter play, I'd have to say no, there's no set re-education.
1: So you've created a dark and complicated world through the dystopia of Are numbers. And I was wondering, are there aspects that you needed to cut for time?
2: Yeah, of course. When I said earlier that the drafting was over one to two days, that was sort of this final thing. But a while ago, I began drafting a dystopian novel that got a little bit more into what things were. And sort of pre this play, basically what this world looks like is people carry around cards with them that have whatever their score was And that allows them into different restaurants, into different places. And the only ones who are excused from this are the kids of the parents who have already taken the test. So two things really that I had to cut. This idea of what the world outside the classroom looks like, not in terms of education, but just in terms of living life. And have this idea of, say your family's on a vacation and you're really tired and you just want to stop at this restaurant you see, and it's the only restaurant for miles. Oh, you can't go in because your score isn't high enough. That's sort of what I would've liked to explore. And the second thing that I cut, and that was a very integral piece that I would love to explore if I expanded upon this idea and continued writing it, would be what happens before the test. Starting it with the kids in the classroom pre-taking it, and then of course what you see in this play, which is after. But before it, I imagine this very tense, very quiet scene where everyone is just very stressed out, sitting at their desks. And it would be really short. There wouldn't be much. One thing I always noticed that always stressed me out before every test was the proctor with just paragraphs and paragraphs of make sure you don't look at other people's papers, make sure you read each question carefully, sign here, here's your number, here's your other number, sign here and here. I sort of wanted a bit of that. I wanted a lot of the anxiety beforehand because that is something that is very prevalent in terms of taking larger tests like the SATs. Before the actual test, it's almost this test of, can I make it through just this person explaining what I have to do before actually getting to the test itself? And I would have loved to include a brief scene of that.
1: So you do some interesting work with doubles and pairs with the characters, so we can dive into the characters a little bit now. So you have Jack and April as a couple, and then you have the twins, Noah and Rory, and they seem to be very familiar with each other as friends. But what in particular drew you to these pairs and these dynamics rather than just a general group of friends?
2: So Jack and April, I'll focus on them first. I had this very twisted idea of it's a couple who loves each other very much. I will admit they're less fleshed out they're more symbols than characters within their own rights in that I wanted to explore this idea of just the horrors of this test and this idea that a couple, even though they may love each other very much because their number one is slightly higher than the other, they have to break up. And I just wanted to explore that aspect of the tragedy of this dystopia, uh, the tragedy of this world. As for Noah and Rory, As you learn throughout the play, Noah, he's the tough guy. He's really cool. And Rory, he's very quiet, very laid back. And he seems to sort of have a thing with Jack, just a friendship standpoint. And with them, I want to explore this idea of the embarrassment when it comes to having a bad test grade. Rory explains that he probably has ADHD or dyslexia or another type of neurodivergent thinking. And he hid it from his family and his friend because of what his teacher told them. And what I wanted to show here was that even though they're in the same family, one of them just kept this entire part of themselves private, and he never really shared it.
1: Cool. Something that I also picked up in the play is your, you addressing learning disabilities and how that factors in to tests like this. So I listened to a brief clip of you explaining your intention behind We Are Numbers, and you did mention this briefly with your test scores and how that helped you come up with an idea for We Are Numbers, but I was wondering, did anything else about the school experience, maybe even you're a senior in high school now, that means that you have gone through the pandemic school experience, did any of that help push this criticism of the education system into the play?
2: Absolutely. I think the biggest thing was this is a pandemic. This is like huge world events. And I had this realization, I'm sitting here stressed out of my mind about math and the fact that I got a C minus on the test while people are all dying of this terrible disease outside my doors. And it's this idea of just almost the lack of mercy that the education system can have. I do want to kind of preface that, I'm not trying to say all teachers are bad, everything about the education system is bad. It's more just in general as how the education system is based. I guess what I'm just trying to get at is the pandemic sort of pushed this idea of the lack of mercy and how even during this horrible event, kids can still be having panic attacks and being stressed out and having a great deal of anxiety simply because a website says B on it.
1: Absolutely, I completely agree. What would you say you would want people to take away from this? What would you change about the education system if you could through your message of this play?
2: Well, I think the grading system entirely is incredibly flawed. I think tests can be fine as long as it doesn't end with a number stamped on your head. And what I want audience members really to take away. And I guess this is the point, even going back to someone like George Orwell. This idea that this isn't real, this is fiction, and it seems fantastical, but it can happen. And that's the biggest takeaway.
1: So I'd say that We Are Numbers has a very distinct style to it. And so I was wondering, do you think that you have a style of writing just yet?
2: so i do think i have a few styles i work with usually i write more straight up horror fiction i usually get much darker in my themes this was a very restrained play i initially had some ideas for much darker endings that i didn't really follow through on because they would sort of take away from the point but in terms of the voices and these characters that's very much my voice I write very similar to films along the lines of Lady Bird, Ghost World, when it comes to teenage characters, in that I want to take teenage characters I know, but just exaggerate them a little bit, not to the point where it's unrealistic and unbelievable, just exaggerate them to the point where they're a little bit more entertaining, occasionally even a little comedic. Of course, Noah, I know lots of edgy kids like that, but of course none of them are to the level he's at.
1: Do you have any authors, playwrights, screenwriters, directors that also, or just even favorite movies in general that influence the way that you write?
2: There's so much. Definitely films like Lady Bird, sort of that A24 coming of age type of aesthetic. That's definitely the biggest influence in terms of dialogue for me and how characters converse with each other and how they talk with each other. But in terms of actual content, Stephen King is a big one for me. That's kind of an obvious one since I said I like horror fiction. But he was kind of revolutionary in putting real-life characters into horror literature. Before him, going back to the 60s, the characters were very extravagant. They were explorers. They were genius scientists fighting mummies. wasn't really realistic, and he brought a certain realism to horror. And so he's one of my bigger influences when it comes to that genre. David Lynch is probably my favorite director. His style is just so fascinating and so deeply original. And I'd have to say that like a quote by him, he said it's along the lines of people accept that life doesn't make sense, yet people struggle to accept it when art doesn't make sense. And so that's always resonated with me, especially when I'm writing something more supernatural or crazy like this dystopian. and I like that idea that David Lynch brought that art doesn't always have to make sense and it shouldn't always make sense because life doesn't. And I guess finally, I'd have to say the screenwriter, Charlie Kaufman. I wanna go into screenwriting. He's without a doubt my favorite, just full on screenwriter. His works, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Adaptation, Schenectady, New York, are so greatly original and art feels so real, but have so many things in it that make his world different and stranger than ours.
1: What got you started with writing? And were there any teachers, family members, or friends who really helped you in your journey of becoming a writer?
2: I'd have to say just above all else, my mom. She sadly is not with us anymore, but she really was she's a children's book author and she always had such a creative eye and she got me from a very young age into doing things creatively and artistically she introduced me to bands like really indie obscure bands when i was in first second grade i remember being in second grade in the car just singing along to they might be giants record you know she introduced me to all these things And she herself was an artist, she ran art camps, and she just got me into that. And she also had a bit of a dark side in terms of her taste in fiction. And she got me into some of the spookier stuff. Yeah, she would probably be the person who definitely got me where I am. She always fought and worked for me to try and get my dreams across both my parents do in fact and my dad still does and i such gratitude for both of them for definitely getting me where i am and she's one of if not my biggest hero so definitely her in terms of other people nj film school that taught me how to write scripts it's not an actual college but they do classes for kids teens and adults they are what taught me how to write screenplays in screenplay format they taught me how to make films And then quick shout out to Mr. Moscow, the teacher who runs the audiovisual club in my school and who runs all the film classes, who helped me get to a point now where I can work creatively in school. And honestly, in the times I was really stressed out about the stuff that I showed in We Are Numbers, his room was always a safe space and he's always just there still just to talk about whatever movie trailer dropped and stuff like that. So I guess all of them would be the people who got me to where I am. And just, again, huge thank you to all of them.
1: Amazing. That's so great. So where do you think that you will be in, like, let's say 10 years?
2: man, 10 years. My hope is writing screenplays and plays professionally for whatever major studio or indie studio. My dream is working for A24, that production company, writing scripts for them. Of course, that's a long shot, but honestly, no matter what, in 10 years, I see myself being creative and still writing.
1: Nice. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us on this segment, Julian. I very much enjoyed talking with you and listening and reading your work. I wish the best for you. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much. Have a good one.
1: You too. This was Up and Coming with The Theater Project. Have a nice day.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Theatre Project Thinks About. We hope you enjoyed both the play and the discussion by our two young playwrights. Our audio engineer for this episode was Alex Gomez, and our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit theaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.